Welcome to Fresh Take, your favorite weekly podcast that delivers a healthy dose of information pertaining to healthy lifestyles, organic and sustainable agriculture, and numerous topics related to the environment. Thanks for tuning in. Our industry experts are here to provide you with a fresh take on topics that can help you optimize your lifestyle and well-being. Welcome everyone. Today's topic is water quality issues in the United States and the impact on agriculture. I have a great panel with me today. I have Craig Frost, the CEO of Breathe Organics. I have our very own Ray Chang, the board president of Florida Organic Growers. And we have a very special guest with us today, True Parker. True, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hey guys, how you doing? Great. How are you? Good. Doing well. So uh, I am a fisherman. I own a local charter in Tampa, Florida called Rebel Coast Fishing Charters. And uh, when I heard about the opportunity to do this podcast, I jumped right on it because the subject of uh, the environment and uh, organic and sustainability and all that is uh, very important to me as a fisherman. The environment is kind of my way of life. It's what I do. It's how I earn my living. So, um, you know, yeah. Absolutely. We're really excited to have you on our panel today um, as we discuss some of these points of how water quality is really important in agriculture and even in your line of work. And so what I need the listeners to know is that second only to availability of drinking water, access to food supply is one of the greatest priorities globally. I think that as a panel, what we want to let our listeners know is that sustainable agriculture is one of the greatest challenges right now. Yeah, I mean, the agriculture is basically producing uh, producing all the food that we're eating. And, you know, the po- population keep just keep growing. It's not diminishing. It's not reducing. Um, so agriculture becomes a very important task for a lot of countries. Um, you know, and sustainable ag- agriculture is even more important because it's related to our water usage and also, you know, a lot of practice in the sustainable agriculture is trying to keep the whole natural system balanced that's right yeah and and uh, i would also add that you know it's not necessarily because people are evil that it's kind of this it's more some techniques haven't been developed or the necessary uh, or they don't get enough money um if they do it sustainably sometimes you right. know and so it's, it can be an economic one or it can be more of a lazy one and uh, or a lack of education I think that that's one of the bigger ones, Craig, is a lot of people just don't understand and they don't know that some of the things that they're doing are having such a great harm mm-hmm. to the environment and to our waterways. Um, so many people don't have any idea that just going outside and sprinkling fertilizer on your lawn, which you think is, hey, this is great for me. I'm going to have a beautiful lawn. But when you have runoff water and mm-hmm. it goes straight to our waterways, they don't even think about what the effect can be. Right. Well, yeah, and let's say you farm near a river, for example. You know, that runoff goes into the river. Well, those rivers lead somewhere. Um, They lead to some main body of water, you know, whether it's the Gulf of Mexico, the Atlantic, or something like that. And that, in turn, has a huge effect on the fisheries, which, um, obviously, if you're... You do what I do, you you know, that's that's your way of life. So having a healthy fishery is everything, Um, you know, and we saw this year... uh, Not this year, but this passing year with the red tide. I mean, the effects were, you know... Uh, right they were in your devastating. yeah and right in your backyard you know i mean went from one year you know a, a great fishing season to 6 months later you know you're not catching anything 
And right. uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a shame. It's a shame for the fish, but it's, you know, it's also a shame for everybody that's in that industry. I mean, there's a lot of guys out here that that's their way of life. That's, you know, right. whether they're commercial guys or they're charter guys. Um, no, that's so. how they feed their families. You're absolutely right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think, you know, uh, basically that not only affect the fishery and all that stuff as well. I mean, uh, also becomes a health hazard because the brown algae actually produce a uh, uh, odor and that that kind of affect a lot of coastal uh, residents in in you know South Florida area, and that creates some you know breathing problems and and, and for a lot of residents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you heard about. I mean, I heard about guys. You know, <clears throat> not specifically where we are, but uh, in Tampa, but in, you know some counties that are just south of us, you know, where, you know, people are actually having respiratory issues as a result of this. You know, some of the algae blooms were actually coming up off the water in some of these places that were affected severely. So that's mind-blowing, really. It's terrible. Yeah, and then this algae also creates some other problem, like the dead zone. Um, you know, the uh, National Oceanic and Atmosphere Administrations uh, are doing a monitoring kind of situation. Mm-hmm. They also do projections as well. I believe they're saying that this year uh, there will be approximately uh, about 7,829 square miles of dead zone in Gulf of Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I think you should explain to some of the listeners what a dead zone is because I'm pretty sure... So the dead zone... Basically, uh, because of the all the water uh, runoff, it's mm-hmm. not only from agricultural. Urbanized area has mm-hmm. a lot of runoff it, as well. Right. Uh, it can be any nitrate runoff. Nitrate definitely. is what actually causes the dead zone. Yes. Yeah. So and the nitrate goes into the river, goes in, then goes into the ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, and once it goes into the ocean, that create an algae bloom. The green algae will start growing like crazy. And all the algae is going to take out all the space, uh, all the place uh, around the coastal area. And then suck out all the oxygens in the area. And all the fish are choked to death because they couldn't get oxygens. And you'll see a lot of fish floating up to the beach. Mm-hmm. You know, we even see like this, this year was pretty crazy because you see sea turtles that is yeah, that's, that's offshore cool. the turtle was off, off right. you know on shore you know on the beach that mm-hmm. you know dying and and things like that so this year was pretty dramatic uh to a lot of coastal area in south florida well right. it's such a you know it's such a chain reaction too because you know you get these um you know for example like specifically where we are in pinellas county like there were certain species of fish that you saw were more affected by these algae blooms and Although some some species of fish weren't necessarily affected by them, the the fish that were are the prey for a lot of these bigger fish. So mm-hmm. it, it wipes out the food sources for these other fish, which, you know, it, it, you follow that up the food chain. I mean, then you have these bigger predatory fish that are, you know, left without food. You know what I yep. mean? So it, you know, you see it, it, it starts here, but it ends here. You know what yep. I mean? Right. So. And the thing about what you were saying, I mean, uh, like, Going back to what Ray said, um, so with dead zones, they're completely devoid of oxygen. They cannot support any life. And the scary part about it is, is that they're present in pretty much all major bodies of water. You've got the Gulf of Mexico. You've got the Chesapeake Bay, uh, the Great Lakes. I mean, so it really is a national issue. Uh, We see it a lot here in, in Florida where we live with the algae blooms. Uh, we're, we're going through it right now where we can't even enter into the Gulf um, at all uh, just due to the flesh-eating bacteria that we have. So, I mean, it, it's a scary issue that we're dealing with because it is, I mean, it's, it's global. Yeah, I was like, kind of surprised how big it is. It's not like a small, it's like almost the size of New Jersey. Yeah. Right. Wow. 
it is a scary topic, but we do have good news for our listeners. So the increase in soil health on organically managed farms can lead to improved water quality. Uh, So what we want our listeners to know is that there are things that you can do from a very small level to a, a, a large level, depending on whether you just are taking care of your home lawn, whether you're farming on a, a small level or a large level, whether you're a business that's taking care of your property, there are things that can be done to help with this issue. So then, you know, like there's some other factor as well. I mean, in terms of organic farming, you know, because they don't rely on synthetic uh, fertilizer and organic farming normally Based on that practice, I mean, it's it's less nitrogen leaching and normally it's better nutrient holding capacity in the soil. I think soil is the key for this because, you know, you know, if the soil is able to hold more nitrogen uh, inside the soil instead of leaking into our groundwater and then eventually go into our ocean, I mean, uh, into the river and then go into the ocean, I mean, we'll, we'll have less problem in, in this, you know, in this scenario. It's uh, one of the key Farms is then leaking nitrogen from the soil. Yeah, and then, you know, with new technology nowadays, you have sensors in the soil. They try to promote less watering use. Uh, organic, because of the soil com- uh, component uh, that they built out throughout the year, it's actually holding water better, which then, then lead to less use water, I mean, less water usage. Uh, and with new technology, uh, it actually also helped the situation as well. So now we don't need to water as much as we should. Now there's smart sensor that over the field that they could detect, you know, and then also trigger irrigation system to run or shut off, uh, depends on the water usage. Well, it's well known that agriculture is a single uh, largest user of freshwater resources. It actually uses a global average of 70%, mm-hmm. um, and that number is huge. And then conventional agriculture um, is the single largest user of freshwater on a global basis. And it is, it's a major cause of degradation of surface and groundwater resources through erosion and chemical runoff. So when you get into organic agriculture, um, it changes things a little bit because of the organic practices that use um, more diverse crop sequences. Well, I think for our listeners, just to really simplify this, Mm -hmm. because it can get really technical, it can get really complicated. Mm -hmm. So to keep it pretty simple, for like I said, our listeners that are just, you have your home, you have your lawn, one of the main things that we want people to do is avoid synthetic inputs. Mm-hmm. And anything that they treat with their lawn and fertilizers, anything that they're using, because that has um, a really high concentration of nitrate. Mm-hmm. So we want people to avoid that. And it's as simple as picking up a bottle and reading the label. Mm-hmm. It's just that simple. And also, I'm not going to say nationwide because I'm not sure. But I know here in Florida, a lot of counties have um, summertime fertilized blackout areas, like area zones where between certain times of the year, uh, you cannot fertilize just because of this very reason. They don't, we have high rainfall during those times of year. And so they don't want the added, you know, risk to be, okay, well, here we have all this rainwater coming and now everybody's fertilizing because it's summer and they want this beautiful lawn. And where does it go? Right back into our waterways. And like I said, I mean, with you being out all the time with your charter, I mean, I know that you're seeing more and more of this and the effects of it. And it's, you know, unfortunately it's something that, you know, is, is very real, but we've got to let people know what's going on so we can get a hold of this because the only way it's going to change is if people know, Hey, this is an issue and this is what we need to do about it. Absolutely. Yeah. And you're totally right. And as I was saying before, it's, uh, 
it's kind of a vicious cycle, you know, because you have, you know, you have all this marine life, all this aquatic life that's affected. And, you know, those species are such key players in, <laughs> you know, this, what makes the world go round, you know, on, on just a, on a level of, you know, it's like, you know, people talking about the bee extinction, you know, it's, it's a serious thing, Same, yeah. you know, and it's not. It's it's like that in the water too. I mean, you know, you have all these different species that are endangered, um, that are you know being harmed by this stuff, and, uh, like and essentially I said, affecting the ecosystem big time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like I said, they're you know it's it's food sources for other things. It's food sources for us. I love eating fish. Yeah. I don't know about you guys. I'm but, right there with you. Yeah. So, um, but and it's also the quality of the fish we eat too. I mean, you know, absolutely. Uh, you know, they've put a ban on several species of fish this year in Pinellas County alone because of the effects of the red tide you know You're not right. just to let the species recover but also safety reasons you know well, what i mean even for with us oysters right now there's a ban um just because of this whole flesh-eating bacteria thing that i guess in certain areas they don't want anyone to ingest raw oysters wow um because of the health risks that are associated with it so yeah it's really affecting us on every level yeah it does it it, it really does and I'd really say it's, you know, no species small, I mean, or insignificant in a way. I think it's in the ecosystem. So every small little thing might affect in a way that you never understand. Yeah, every absolutely. Every single component is vital. You're yeah. right. Absolutely. So I thought it'd be really great to let today's guest give you our fresh take fact for this Friday. Here we are. The Organic Trade Association notes that if every farmer in the U.S. converted to organic production, we could eliminate 500 million pounds of persistent and harmful pesticides from entering the environment annually. It's pretty amazing. Keyword there, annually. Yeah. That's quite a bit. It is so, quite a bit. There's yeah. your fresh take. Very good. All right. So I wanted to bring the attention back to the conversation that we were having earlier, Jessica, and that was how organic practices is acquired or by using uh, crop uh, rotation mm-hmm. and you know how that actually is one of the solutions to this problem absolutely um it definitely is so um organic practices like you said like crop rotation uh, use of cover crops um, even some animal nu- manure for fertilization increases the soil's organic carbon which really, really helps with the water and the nutrients. So that's um, the goal is increasing the carbon. Right. The resulting water quality benefits um, have been well established in numerous studies indicating that organic farms experience less water drainage and nutrient loss than their conventional counterparts. So that's really what we want to encourage people to do is, you know, go organic. Yeah. And there are a lot of other practice in the organic wise uh, that will help protect our water quality. And this could be applied into gardening as well. You know, right. gardening is more related to everybody's day-to-day life. Absolutely. And, you know, like increased soil organic matters. Basically, getting the soil uh, able to, like organic matter in order to increase the holding of the water, nutrients, and things like that. And that will further prevent the water runoff. You know, composting, sometimes, you know, we're not talking about big composting that agriculture is doing. Like, I do compost at home. You know, I have one pet that basically every time if you cut off the vegetable that the portion that you don't eat, you just throw it in there, they will eat it up. Mm-hmm. And those could be used as a really nice, I mean, good soil. The to compost soil is amazing. The nutrients yeah. are wonderful. Definitely. And and basically by doing all that, you know, you, you're adding organic matter back into the soil uh, around your house. And that will further prevent the runoff as well to a certain level. We can also 
build like for example, if you have pond, sometimes build uh, people build this small water pond in near the house, and like in urbanized area, what they can do is you know like you notice for example sidewalks right next to sidewalk you have a planting bed. A lot of practice you can do is really actually raise up that planting bed or actually drop that planting bed to create an area that you can hold the water runoff. You want to have gradual, you know, slow down. So then, then you don't have all these nutrient being washed off. Okay. You know, so so in urbanized area, that you know, a lot of city are promoting this kind of bioswell kind of thing, and uh, and those are, are also being helpful. And I'm just trying to kind of bring an example into like people's day to day life that there are a lot of things people can do. You know, you have Absolutely. maybe uh, a rain barrels to catch the rainwater. And that will what's that? Rain barrels. What's that? So basically, it's a plastic containers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a drum kind of oh, big I size container. Yeah, yeah, I have one of those. Rain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, those. and you know, so instead of you know, open up the water and water your mm-hmm. your garden, you could actually have a rain barrel collect the rainwater from when it rains, mm-hmm. which we do have a lot here, and that becomes additional capacity for us to hold the water till we need to use it. Okay, cool. Yeah, well, I like that. Speaking of rain, I just want to touch on that for a moment um, and ask our listeners, depending on, I know that you guys are, you know, all across the nation and your rainy season may be a little bit different than ours in Florida, but I would really encourage all of our listeners that during your rainy season, please do what you can to avoid any fertilizers that contain nitrogen or phosphorus uh, and, and don't apply those to your lawn ever if you can help it, but especially not until October if you just have to use them. Uh, because during our rainy season, that is when all of those harmful inputs run off into our, our water system. So if you guys could avoid that, that would be great. And um, just on a, even a simpler level, um, anytime that you get your lawn, ma- if you do your own lawn maintenance or you get your lawn done, uh, make sure that all of the grass clippings end up off of the sideways, away from the, the driveways, and away from the streets because those run into the drainage systems and also have the fertilizer or the synthetic inputs on those. And again, it runs right into our water system. So, you know, if you're interested in doing something to help with this issue, um, these simple things can be done. And we really appreciate you guys for listening today. As always, I'm your host, Jessica Stipe, the uh, Education and Outreach Director for Florida Organic Growers. If you all want any more information relating to this topic, Please visit us on our website at Florida Organic Growers. You'll be able to follow the page to the bottom. There'll be information where you can link straight to us and we can email or converse. I also encourage you, our listeners, to like, share, and follow so we can keep bringing you content that's really important to let you know about organic, sustainable, and regenerative agriculture. Uh, I'd like to thank my panel for being with me today. You guys rock. Um, I think that it's awesome that you all were able to join me and we can give all this great information to our listeners. So tune in next Friday and we'll give you another fresh take. Thank you guys for listening to today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation as much as we did. As many of you already know, FOG is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization, which means we need your help to keep all of our content free to the public. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation today. We would really appreciate your support. 